I want to talk about, um, well, we'll just kind of jump in and we'll figure out a title as we go. Um, I, there is, there's a, there's a scripture that is greatly misunderstood in the scriptures that I believe causes a lot of people to quit the fight, the quit, um, on their fight of faith for divine healing. And, uh, that scripture is found in in Ecclesiastes. 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 I had to look at it to get it out right. Ecclesiastes. Um, if you don't know where that is, it's right after Proverbs. Right after Proverbs. And uh, we're going to go to chapter 3. I think this is a scripture that is very often misunderstood and uh, very, very often misquoted out of context. Uh, so, Ecclesiastes. <coughs> Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 1. All right. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Okay. So, we hear this a lot. You know, we hear frequently in the body of Christ... You know, well, everything has an appointed time to die. Everything has a set time to die, and I guess maybe this is my time. No, you're misunderstanding that scripture. Let's go back and let's kind of pick this apart a little bit. Let's go back to verse 1, and it says, To every thing there is a season. Really, thing there is is italicized. So really, the original text says, To every a season. There is a season in which, they, in other words, everything, or because they put that in there, there's a, basically what they're saying is that, that um, the world or the universe runs on seasons. That's really what it's saying. It's not saying, it's not specifying a person in there. Uh, thing there is is italicized, which means the translators put it in there to help us understand the context. Um, so to every, so really it says, uh, to every a season, to every a season. In other words, we could say that everything has a season. Now, how much, you know, different things have different seasons, you know, uh, and we understand this, um, you know, there's a, there's what we call the sports seasons or, or different sporting events have different seasons, you know, football, um, Starts in the fall and runs through till about February. How much you know? But does that mean that football stops to exist every? Just stops? No. In fact, if you're a professional athlete, uh, really all that means to you is that the time that you're uh, engaged in the activity of football is it's an official game. But how much do you know? The football players are still out there practicing and and working out and developing their skills. All year long. All year they're at it. Uh, baseball is the same way. You know, they have what they call spring training, and that's where they practice actual games before they actually go into the summer baseball season. But even in the wintertime, they're still practicing, they're still exercising, they're still building up. Does that mean that that athlete's time as being a football player or a baseball player, whatever sport they're doing, does that mean their time of, of that sport has ended? No, of course not. But everything has a season, um, is what they're saying. He says, and then he says, 
and a time to every purpose under heaven. So everything that is that that comes into existence and into being under heaven has a time of existence or a time of function. But it doesn't say that that time is limited to a set thing. And then he goes on and he he's just saying um he he just goes on and uh He's basically saying, notice there's a colon there, which says, "What? let me now explain what I mean about everything has a time um, of purpose, okay? So there's a season of purpose when he says there's a time to be born. Um, in the Hebrew, this is actually uh, better translated a time to bear or a time to carry or a time to lift up. There's a time of carrying. How much do you know a pregnant woman has a season of pregnancy? She's pregnant. Listen, she's pregnant for nine, closer to ten months. Um, and But how much do you know that child does not cease to exist at the end of the pregnancy? The pregnancy has stopped, but that life, we say, oh, that life is just beginning. But we actually know that life, that that person's life actually began at the moment of conception. So really that child, so see, there's, there's, a, there's a season of pregnancy. There's a season of infancy. There's a season of childhood. There's a season of adulthood. That's what it means. That's what he's talking about. He says to everything there is a season. There is a time to every purpose under heaven. In other words, you know, um, I don't know why the Lord gives me some of these examples that he does, but we were, you know, uh, earlier this year, or at the end of last year, Kathy was like, I, know, I want some baby chicks. How long does it take? And I, and, you know, I was like, oh, let me look. It's either 21 or 28 days. How much do you know? That's the incubation season of an egg. But that doesn't mean that that's when the chicken ends. That's just when the chicken changes from being in the egg to being outside of the egg. See, that's what it means is there's a season. And he says, so there's a season to bear. How much do you know? There's a season when, you, when, when somebody has a child, there's a season that they're, um, that they are, <laughs> that they're a very hands-on parent. And then there's a season that they're a little bit of a less hands-on parent. But how much do you know? That, parent, that person is now a parent for the rest of their life. What changes is the seasons of how much involvement they have um you know and so he said in verse two he said there's a time to be born or a time to bear how much do you know jesus had an assigned time uh, or really he had a time to bear sickness and disease on the cross he had a time that that needed to occur um but god was working on that time for thousands of years before that time ever came see the things the the season of uh adam and eve they they lived their life and they 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 served a purpose while they lived their life then there was noah noah had a season and his season of life where he had where i mean honestly he was bearing um the weight of righteousness in an unrighteous world while he was building the ark and in that he was actually um 
How much do you know? He was bearing a lot of persecution. He was in a season of persecution. He was in a season of extreme pressure. But then he came out of that, and then he went into a season of isolation on the ark. How much do you know? Yeah, he was on there with his family, but how much do you know? That felt like isolation. I just want to get away from the from the people. And if he got away from the people, he was around the animals. There was no private place for him to go, you know, but it was a season. And then there was the season of, you know, then they come off the ark, and there was the season of getting things established. And then there was the season of the rest of, you know, of his life. But everything, but just because he's, but, but he didn't have, uh, so when we have these different seasons of our life, we have these different stages in our life, it's for a time and a purpose. Because that's what God said. He said everything, let's go back to verse 1 for me, Jackie. Notice he said, he said, and a time for every purpose. A season serves a purpose. A season serves a purpose. So, you know, we can, you could be in a storm right now, and you could say, well, and this is where we get, well, God's trying to teach me something. No, the devil's trying to take you out, but God's going to turn it and use it as an opportunity to teach you. That's a difference. But he said this, he noticed he said, this, so this is this time to bear, and there is a time to be born. And then he says, and a time to die. This is referring to the seasons, not to your life. There's a time for a season in your life to be born or a season in your life for you to bear something. But then there's a season for that thing that you're in to die. It's not talking about life. How much do you know the season of pregnancy, once that child is born, that season of pregnancy died? How much do you know when that chicken hatches out of the egg, the season of the egg has died? That, you know, uh, when, when the football season ends, that season has ended. He's not talking about your life. He's talking about the seasons that you're in. You're, there's a time that a season is born, and there's a time that a season dies. How much do you know um, every year? We have the first day of spring. How much you know? That's our time that we bear spring weather. But then comes the first day of summer. Guess what? Our time of spring has died, and now we're being born into those summer months. And then we get over into September, August and September, and then we're being born into the dog days of summer, the hot of the hot. But then that comes to an end, and what are we? So now we're dying out of the season of summer, and we're being born into the season of winter or fall. See, so this is why God said every season has a time. Every season has a time. And those times and those seasons have an appointed time to be born or to be bared and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up. Uh, what's been planted how much do you know um, if you're a gardener right I mean if you're a dedicated gardener even though we're looking at going into our coldest months you're set you're already you are already prepping your ground getting your ground ready you're already planting your seeds and you're getting your sprouts so that when the ground warms up when that last frost hits you can put your seed your now your now birthed plants your now germinated plants 
in the ground. Why? Because there's a season to plant and there's a season later to harvest. And that's what the scripture is talking about. But so often people say, use this scripture to say uh, that, um, well, we all have an appointed time to die. That's not what this is talking about at all. Let's read just a few more verses here. All right. Verse 3. A time to kill and a time to heal. Now, is God advocating murder? No, of course not, because he told us not to murder. He's talking about there is a time to do sacrifices, and there's times that you don't do sacrifices. That's what he's talking about when he says there's a time to kill, and there's also a time to heal. There's certain situations that require sacrifice. And if that situ- when, when you create that, that situation, say you sin a certain way that requires a sacrifice, then when that, that sin bursts, the time to kill the sacrifice. Then there's also a time to heal. If you've got sickness, there's a season where you have to go outside of the community and you have to be away for so long and and give yourself a break and give yourself a chance to heal and come back. There's a process uh, for these things. Keep going. All right, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. How much you know, a time to weep and a time to laugh, how much you know, have you ever been in a situation you got the giggles when you shouldn't have, and somebody looked at you and said, now is not the time, now is not the time? What were they saying? They're saying, now is not the season for that behavior. Now is not the season for that. Uh, you know, there's also, there are, seasons, there are times that it is not the season to weep. I used to work with, uh, this happened to me actually a couple of times. Um, I, I've worked with some, some different individuals. They had, a, they had what I called the weeping tree syndrome. There was like an old weeping tree. Every time you turned around, they were weeping. They were crying. Every time something good happened, they'd cry. Something bad happened, they'd cry. Something unexpected happened, they'd cry. I mean, every time you turned around, they were just tears. They were just weeping. They just had the weeping syndrome. And you did, and I mean, there were times, I'd just look at them. I'd just look at them and say, what are you doing? You know, I said, this is not the time for crying. Put on your big boy, big girl panties, whatever, and come on, let's go. You know, basically pick yourself up and pull yourself together. This is not the season for this. And this is what this verse is talking about. There's, how much you know, there's a time to mourn. There's nothing wrong with mourning. Uh, but, but at some point, you've got to pick yourself up. At some point, you've got to pick yourself up. There's a time to dance. You know, sometimes it's good to get out there and dance. And other times you're like, this is not the place. This is not the time. This is not, this is not where we do this. There's a season for different behaviors, and that's what these verses are about. Um, let's keep going just a little bit more. All right, verse 5. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. As you know, sometimes you just need to hold your tongue when you want to say something. And sometimes 
when you when it's more comfortable to be quiet is when you need to speak. There's there's seasons for different things. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Come on. What profit hath he that worketh in that therein that wherein he laboreth? He said, listen, if you're working some of these things in the wrong time, you're laboring in vain. Can you see from the full context of this scriptures that he's not talking about you having a predestined time to die? See, this is what's so critical about us keeping scriptures in context. Because though he said there's a time to be born and a time to die, really in the Hebrew he said there's a time to bear and then there's a time to die. Or in other words, a way, another way we could say this is there's a time to bear or a time to carry some things and then there's a time to let those things go is another way he could have said this. Um, so he's not talking about the, the longevity of life in the scripture. Uh, to kind of help debunk this a little bit, let's go to Psalms 91. Psalms 91, in verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So here we see um, that God is giving some instruction, and he said, he that dwelleth. So what, who is the subject here? The person that dwelleth. The person that dwells in God. He that dwelleth where? In the secret place of the Most High. Um, uh, shall abide under the, shadow of the, uh, under the shadow of the Almighty. What he's saying is if you will dwell, if you will abide, if you will spend your time getting to know God and getting God under, if you, get, if you spend time getting his word in you, then you will be under his protection. That's what he's talking about. Now, I want to jump for the sake of time. I want to jump to verse and, and, and through here. Well, let's say, let, let's read two, let's read two, three, and four. Okay. Let's, just, let's just read. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. I, in him will I trust. Glory Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Now this is the psalmist is saying, if I abide, these are the things that I will say. Notice he said, I will say. This isn't what God is saying. This is what he's saying. He's actually giving us an example of how to abide. He said, I will say of the Lord, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my fortress. He, the Lord is my God. In him will I trust. Surely God shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. How much do you know? Uh, this is a way to get healing. One way to get healing and to stay healed is to abide. Now, I want you to think about this. If you had an appointed time to die... Why are you trying to get healed? If you had an appointed time to die, if God intended for you to die at a set time, why are you fighting to stay alive? That doesn't make any sense at all, does it? No. Well, either we're in error in what we're trying to do or we're in error in our thinking. We're in error in our thinking. Because God never said that we'd have a short life. 
So this is, this is one way that you abide is you declare what you have in God. And that's what the psalmist is doing. The psalmist is saying, I or my Lord shall cover me with his feathers. Now, some people, if you don't know anything about birds, that's not going to make a whole lot of sense to you. But we've had birds for years and years and years. We used to breed them, and we get it. If you've ever had chickens and tried to go out there and get, get the eggs from a brooding hen, you got a real good picture. Because what they do, and this is all of the birds, this is what they do is they puff out their, their bodies. They, they hunker down. They lay down on their haunches, and they puff their feathers out and make themselves look probably twice, if not three times their normal size. And then they take their wings, and they put their wings out like this, and they puff those wings out. They puff all those feathers out, too, and the babies all get up underneath there. And you can't even see the babies. You can't see the eggs. You can't see the babies. And um, if you go in there to try to get them, that mama is going to eat you. She's going to eat you. She's going to peck you. And they don't just like peck. What they do is they, first of all, they stab you real hard with their beak, which is enough to make you bleed. And if they get a good shot on you, they'll grab your skin and twist it. And that don't feel good. And then if you get up under there where their feet are, they'll thump you with their claws. Now, uh, if you know any, you know, and, and, and it's, it's rough enough to get in there with a the chicken. And uh, sometimes they'll even fly at you. Michael had one fly at his face the other day, <laughs> and, and that was not a pleasant thing. Um, but now, see, I did wildlife rescue, and I learned something amazing about raptors. A raptor is a bird that eats meat. So they're talking your eagles, your hawks, your falcons, and these birds, owls, and what have you. Well, on their feet, they don't have claws. They have what you call talons. And their talons are like uh, very, very, very sharp, piercing swords. Or daggers. And they have four on each foot. They have two that go up and two that come down. And the way that they hunt is they, um, when they swoop down, they take those daggers and they actually, the goal is to hit the prey right along the spine so that those talons wrap around the spinal cord and those talons go into the spinal cord and puncture the spinal cord and then they can break the, the spine and the animal dies instantly. That's how it's supposed to work. But I'm talking about being under their feathers. Raptors do something amazing when they're trying to protect themselves or their babies. Now, first of all, you have to understand they have enough beak power that they can rip meat off of bones. I mean, they just just pull it apart like it's nothing. So their beaks are bad enough. But if you get into their, their, into their to those down below their feet, what they do is they rock back on their tails. And their feet come straight out like this. And they go, and you're not getting in there. You are not getting in there. I, I used to do wildlife rescue years and years and years ago, and we had a, a red hawk, a red-tailed hawk come in that was absolutely, I mean, whoosh. And uh, we had to do some veterinary care, and I had to get it out of the crate. And um, 
and it and this is the first time I, and I had heard that this is what they do, but this is the first time I had ever seen it. And that he got it, he got there in the crate, he was in the crate, and he backed in the back of the crate and flipped backwards, and all I saw were talons and beak. That was it. The beak was going, the talons were going, and they were going. I had on a pair of undergloves. I had a pair of uh, what they call raptor gloves on. Um, and, and that's a super thick leather that, that their talons are not supposed to go through. Um, and then I had another pair of gloves over that, and I had two very thick towels. And, um, and, I, and, I purpose, and I brought the towels up around them to grab them, and I got them out, and uh, we were getting them kind of settled with the vet, and the vet, and, and the vet person said, you're bleeding. And I said, no, that's not me. That's him. He busted one of his, his blood feathers. And they said, no, the blood is coming from under the glove. And I went, huh, it is. Well, there was so much adrenaline that I didn't notice it until I took the glove off. And uh, um, he had actually gone through, this is how sharp their nails are, their talons are. He had actually gone through, the towels were actually doubled over. So he actually went through four layers of towels three layers of gloves, and in one side and out the other side of my hand with his talons. And I had, I didn't, and it was so fast and so quick that I didn't even know it until it was all said and done. Well, he hit the nerve dead on. So for a while there, this hand had some numbness that was really weird. Um, but see, this is what it says when he said, when the scripture says, he shall cover thee under the feathers, this is your father God. And he puts you under his feathers, under his wings, with all of his power to protect. And he's not trying to protect you like a little hummingbird. He's trying to protect you with the fierceness of an eagle or a raptor. He's, he's blessing. He's protecting you with that fierceness. And um, so that's what it means when he says, He shall cover thee with thy feathers, and under thy wings um, shall thou trust. Listen, it don't get no safer than that, to be, under those, uh, to be under those feathers. That's the safest place you can be. I mean, it really is. And notice the verse before says, He shall surely deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Do you know what a fowler is? It's a person that catches birds. That's what it is. He said he's going he's gonna to protect you from the snare of the fowler. In other words, the person that's coming to take you down, it's a person that hunt, a fowler is a person that hunts birds. He said, he said this, this thing that's hunting you like a, like a bird hunter hunts, this thing that's hunting you to bring sickness and disease upon you, he said he's not going to be able to get underneath you. He's not going to be able to get to you because you're under the feathers of your protecting parent. That's what, that's what this is drawing a picture of. All right, let's keep going. All right. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Glory to God. And again, he's, he just talked about you're under those protective fowler, uh, protective wings. He said he's going to be your shield and your buckler. What is the shield? What is the buckler? The buckler is the shield that's on the arm. That's the one that's got the little leather straps or the armor straps that they, I mean, it's attached. Wherever they move, that shield is there. That's the little shield 
that protects the upper region of the body. And then they've got the big shield that protects the whole body. He said, not only is it like you're under this protection of this brapter, but you're also under the protection of these shields so that nothing of the enemy. So he said, said, therefore, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Who is the terror by night? Satan. Nor... For the arrow that flieth by the day, by day, don't we know out of um, Ephesians that it tells us that we shall be able to quench every fiery dart of the devil? This is what he's talking about. He said we don't have to worry about his attacks that come at night. We don't have to worry about the attacks that come during the day. Nor for the pestilence, that sickness, um, that walketh in darkness. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? He said nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness. There is a demon called pestilence, according to this. According to this, he said, nor for the pestilence that walketh. Pestilence walketh. He's describing a demon in darkness. In other words, this is a spirit of sickness out of the kingdom of darkness that's walking around trying to get to you. But if you will abide in God... This spirit of pestilence will not be able to get to you. Uh, He said, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. This is another type of spirit. The spirit of destruction that wasteth at noonday. Now, this is is one that likes to walk around during the daylight. This This is a bold demon here. Let's keep going. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. Listen, he said, if you'll abide in God, these two demons, pestilence and destruction, can walk around and they can, and people can be fallen out by the thousands and the ten thousands. But if you're being, but if you are abiding in God, these pestilence and destructions will not be able to touch you if you're abiding. But you got to abide. Well, that makes God a quid. Quid pro, quo, prid, quid pro quo God. No, no. No, no, no. Abiding is how you activate protection. The protection is always there, and the protection is available for everybody. The protection's available. The question is, is how do you activate it? You activate it by abiding in his word. You activate it by declaring his word. You activate it by following God's footsteps. Notice what the first verse said. He said, if you will hearken and obey, if you will hear and obey, if you will, if you will abide. He said, he that dwelleth, in order to dwell, that means you've got to stay there all the time. Let's keep going. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. Now, this, now, now, now here he said, he said, he said uh, you're going to see this if you will. Notice in verse 9, he says, because thou hast made the Lord my refuge, the Most High, your habitation. Now, there's a difference between abiding and habitating. Abiding means that you can, this, this is somewhere that you live, but you come and go. 
you come and go from it. You know, you get up in the morning, you're, you're in your house, which you abide, but then you leave your house. You go about your day you, and what have you, and then you come back in at night to abide to live there. A habitation is a, is a place that you never leave. You know, we don't call our houses our habitation. We call them our home. But at the zoo, uh, if you're going to go see a certain type of animal, say you're going to go to the reptiles, you're going to go to the reptiles' habitation. You know, um, that's a, a, a habitation is a place that you stay in 24-7. Well, but, but I have to go to work, and I have to go do this, and i got to go run errands, and I can't just live in my house and never leave and just stay with God. Well, God doesn't expect you to, but he does expect you to take him everywhere you go. Everywhere, everything you do in life, the first thing you should do is, okay, God, what's your opinion on this? God, is it, God, I was thinking about, listen, Lord, I, I got to go down here to Peachtree, and I was considering taking the new road. Is that all right with you, or should I take the river road? Well, the Lord might say, no, go whichever way you want to. Both ways are clear. And then again, there may be a day you ask him the next day, and he say, yep, go wherever you want. That's fine. You ask him the next day, go wherever you want. But then you ask him, but then one day, because the Lord has told you every day, whichever way you want to go is fine with me. But so you get, you get complacent. You go from from your habitat to your abiding and you say well god always tells me i can go either way i want so i'm just going to get in the car and go and then you get stuck behind an accident or maybe you have an accident whatever and you go lord why didn't you tell me he said well you didn't ask me today if you'd asked me today i would have told you take the river road now that's the difference between abiding and 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 having a habitat with god is you need to take him everywhere you go and you need to involve him in everything that you do Let's keep going. And, and all that does, well, does that mean that if I'm not, he's not my habitation, that I don't get the protection? No, you still get the protection, but you're act, there's, that's the difference, I'll equate it this way, between having the regular um, level stuff in your video game and having the power-ups. How much, you know, if, you, if you've ever played a video game, you know, you've got your certain superpowers, but then you get the power-ups. And then you can do more. You've got more power, more ability, more strength. It's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing with athletes. Uh, talk about swimmers. Um, my mom used to be a swimmer. My cousin was a, was a, was a champion, a competitive swimmer. And one thing that I know more from my cousin than anything is that they train, uh, that when they're training, they don't shave at all. They let, they let the, the, especially the ladies, the ladies let all of their hair on their legs grow out. And on their, they, let it, they let it all grow out. And, and, um, and then when it comes time for a meet, they shave their legs. I mean, they'll shave every part of their body. Why? Because body hair creates drag. And if they, if they, if they shave or they narrow or, or they use body wax or whatever and get all of the body hair off of them, they'll tread through the water faster that's, that's like a power-up it gives them that gives them a stronger faster ability it gives them a faster time in the water because they've been training with that drag and now that drag is gone and now they can move through the water faster it's the same type of thing if you you know you can get by uh, abiding with god and it'll be fine but if you take him with you everywhere you go you're going with the power up of his ability. Let's keep reading. All right. Verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague 
come near thy dwelling. I mean, that right there makes it worth my time to take him with me everywhere I go. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Glory to God. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now listen, the angels aren't going to protect you if you're out there doing something stupid that you weren't told to do. Notice verse 11. It says, For he, God, shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. He's talking about if you'll go God's way, if you'll do God's if you'll do things God's way and in God's time, the angels will be right there to protect you. But if you're out of his timing or out of his will, the angels aren't going to be there. Let's keep going. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. That's talking about our authority in Christ. Come on. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Now, right here when he says, because he has set his love upon me, now the psalmist is talking from God's point of view. We've switched from, to God's point of view. And he said, because he has set his love upon me. One thing that we know from the New Testament, especially we see it over there in the book of John, uh, he said, God, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He actually says it through all of the through all of the gospels, but you see it the clearest in John. Um, but he so he said because he has set his love upon me. How does the Father God know that you, the Christian, have set your love upon him? Because you're abiding, you keep his word, you keep his word in you. You're a doer of the word. You're abiding. He is your habitation. That's how he knows. And then the Lord says, if you'll, because you do these things, you have activated this right here. He said, he said, I, God, will set him on high. Because you activated the, the gifts of God, God's going to set you on high um, because he hath known your name. Because you, have, because you have done things to show God that you love him, God knows your name intimately, and God is going to increase you. Let's keep going. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Look at this. Because you show God that you love him, when you call, he's going to be right there to answer. I will be with him in trouble. Glory to God. You get yourself in a hot mess, and he's right there. I will deliver him and Ooh. honor him. Oh, thank you, Father God. Who? Well, what, what do we need to be delivered from? If this is the only song we have to ever look at, well, we know he's going to deliver us from um, this, the pestilence that walks and the destruction that wasteth. I mean, oh, goodness, and, that's and, a lot the right there. that come near our dwelling. Yep, he's going to deliver us. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Uh, verse 16. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Oh, I've been waiting to get to this verse. This is the whole ver this is this is this is the whole thing we've been trying to get to. He said with long life with or with length of days. So if we want to have a long life, now let's take let's go back and look at the first scripture uh, it's appointed for everything to die. If everything has a set time to die, then why would God promise to lengthen our days? 
he would be in odds against himself. Right. He'd be in odds against himself. If he said, if he said, well, Billy Bob, I'm going to let you live 52 and three quarter years. But Billy Bob wants to live 60 years. Um, somebody's contradicting somebody, and God doesn't contradict himself. So, again, that scripture is taken out of context because we have the ability to do things to activate the blessings of God that will allow us to have a long life or, to, or for God to lengthen our time on the earth, to lengthen. He said, he said with long life will I satisfy him. Well, if you're not satisfied, uh, then um, do you have to go out of here? No. No. Because he said, with long life, I will satisfy. With long life, I will satisfy. So we can, we can say it this way. Um, God will satisfy me with long life. Is it, and do we do any harm to the scriptures? No. Or we could say it this way. God has said, I will satisfy you with long life. Well, if God's going to satisfy you with long life, then does that mean that you can stay until you're satisfied? Yeah. Yeah. And if you can stay till you're satisfied, does that mean that, you have, that Billy Bob has to check out at 52 and three-quarter years? No. No. Uh-uh. He said, and... And not only is he going to give you a long life, but he's going to show you his salvation. What is his salvation? That's the goodness and the abundance of the redemptive work of Christ. That means that not only do you get to have long life, but salvation includes everything that Jesus came to give you. That includes prosperity. That includes health. That includes being set free from mental illness or disease. That means being set free from depression. That means all of those things. So we could say it this way. We could say, my God has promised me salvation, has promised to satisfy me with full salvation and long life. And And we do no foul and no harm to the scriptures in saying so. Uh, let's look at another scripture that would help prove this out. Let's go to, um, oh my goodness, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And uh, verse 2. Well, we'll read verse 1 and 2 so we have it in context. Now these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, or wherever ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all of his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Now let's look at verse 2. Let's, let's kind of pick this apart a little bit. Well, 
he said, he said, first of all, these are your, these are the Ten Commandments. And I give you these commandments so that you can possess the land which I gave you. So you can possess everything that I came to give you. Follow these commandments. And then he says in verse 2 that thou mayest fear the Lord thy God. He said, uh, it's good for you to have a reverent fear of God. And if you have this reverent fear of God, that, that will help you to keep all of, his command, all of his statutes and all of his commandments, which I command thee this day. So he's going to give us some commandments. And he said to this, he said, uh, which I command thou and thy son and thy son's sons all the days of thy life. What does that mean? That means that this promise never fails. The promise that comes from following the commandments will never fail. And he said, all of thy days, he said, um, that the days, that your days may be prolonged. That your days may be prolonged. One way to lengthen, the, the, to lengthen your life is to follow all of the commandments. Why? Well, because when you break the commandments of God, it opens the door. Essentially, you're giving Satan the opportunity to take you out prematurely. So if you want to activate divine protection and lengthen your life, follow his commandments. Follow the commandments. And, uh, um, and if you don't want to live longer, then just do whatever you want and watch what happens. Yeah, that's not a good choice. Um, let's, let's roll over to chapter 4. We're right here. Let's, let's back up to chapter 4, verse 40. You just want to see that this is a, a long-running thing with the Lord. Verse 40? Yeah. Thou shalt keep, therefore, his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded thee this day, that it may go well with thee and, that with, thy, and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we can see that the Lord wants us to lengthen our days. Um, uh, there's another verse I had. Hold on. Let me find it in my notes that I had. Hold on. You know, to me, when, when, when God's back, when, when he's talking about there's a time to be born and time to die, he's, he's talking about the cycles of life. He's talking about the processes, the cycles. Uh, he's talk, he's talking about the, uh, seasons. Yes. Things come and things go. He's not saying that you have an appointed time and you're going to die yeah. right then and there. He's saying that every everything that lives on the earth is going to be conceived, is going to be born yes. in one way or another, whether it be through an egg or or through or through live birth or budding, like like for plants. plants. You know, everything's got a way and a process that they follow through that they go through. And and they're going to live. They're going to live out their cycle. They're going to live out their life, however long that is, and then they'll die until Jesus comes back, of course. Right, and then that changes. Glory to God. Let's go to First uh, Kings chapter three. But the length of our lives—that's up to us. Yes. That's why he tells us, "I put before you today blessings and curses." I put before you today uh, life and death. Choose life. Yeah. 
First uh, Kings chapter three. First Kings three. Yep. He wouldn't tell us that that we have a choice if we don't. Yeah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Uh, uh, let's look at verse fourteen. Fourteen. First right. Kings three fourteen. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Look at that. So we see it again. He said, and if thou wilt walk in my ways, keep my statutes and my commandments as my father did, then God said, I'm going to lengthen your days. He said, I'm going to lengthen them. I'm going to take care of them. Glory to God. Go to Exodus chapter 23. We're going to just look at one or two more verses. Exodus the other way. 23. You say, well, this is all under the Old Testament. Well, yeah, it's all under the Old Testament. But Jesus said not one jot or, ten, or, or uh, uh, one jot or tittle will pass away before all things be fulfilled. Well, not all things have been fulfilled yet. So the Old Testament still stands. Exodus chapter 23, verse 26. Or 25 and 26. No, 23. Exodus 23, okay, 20. verse 26. Thank you. There shall, uh, shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren. Where are you at? I'm in Exodus 23, verse 26. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Back <laughs> up to verse 25. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Actually, back up to verse 24. Okay. 24 is even better yet. Oh, uh. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods. Oh, 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 oh. Nor serve them. Oh, oh. What's one way to lengthen your life? Do not bow down to, to false gods. gods. Don't bow down to fear. Don't bow down to stress. Don't bow down to, to the tree gods. Don't Worry. Go, Listen, don't you get out there and uh, start worshiping the trees and the earth and all that. No, 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 because then you're denying yourself length of days. He said, thou shall not bow down to their gods. Whose gods? The world's gods. Nor serve them. Uh, one way to serve uh, the world's gods is to serve money. Let money be your god. Don't do that. Nor, nor do after their works. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. What does that say? Do after their works. Don't, Don't do, the things do, they do after their works. Don't live like the world lives. That's what he's saying. He said, don't, don't participate in the, in the things that the world does. Listen, just because man says that it's perfectly legal to take part in something that God says is illegal, according to the word, doesn't suddenly make God's word, makes those things legal in God's sight. No. Just because man says it's okay to get an abortion doesn't mean it's okay with God. Nope. Just because man says it's okay to cuss doesn't mean it's okay to cuss. Just because man says it's okay to drink doesn't mean it's, it's okay to drink. Or, and just because man says it's okay to gossip and get in everybody's business doesn't mean that those things are okay. You know, no, 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 no. He said, do not. So here we've got three things. This is kind of a if, if, if. If you bow down to their gods or if you serve their gods or if you do the works that the world does, if you do the same types of things that the world does that I've said don't do, 
then you're an heir. Let's keep going. But thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. Listen, he, he didn't want you just saying, no, I'm not taking part in that. He wants you. Now, this is Old Testament. <laughs> he, this is Old Testament. But uh, So don't just go in there and create a bunch of chaos and havoc, <laughs> and havoc unless you're prompted to by God. Uh, he said, you shall utterly overthrow them. He's not talking about, he, in the New Testament, we don't go in and just tear down their temples and all of that. But we should have an attitude of tearing it down in our mind. In our mind, which you say, uh-uh, that ain't coming near me. I'm not touching that. I don't have anything to do with that. I'm not even going to be curious about that thing. We need to tear it down in our mind. And we need to throw down those idols. Let's keep going. All right. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. If you will serve God... He's not only going to bless you, but he's going to take sickness away from the midst of you. Let's keep going. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days will I fulfill. Listen, you know, and, and I understand, you know, some of y'all don't understand this, but, um, you know, when somebody wants to have children and they are miscarrying, miscarrying, that's what it means about they shall, uh, they, uh, there shall nothing cast their young. It means the young are birthed no, or no born before it's time. He said that, that's not, that's not going to happen. And he said and in that, there's not going to be any barren. Um, he said basically you're going to be fruitful. He said, and the number of your days will I fulfill. Another way we could say this is if we'll serve the Lord our God, our days will be full. Our days will be full. So it was never God's intention for anybody to die young. It was never God's intention for people to only have a short lifespan. God wants you to live a long, prosperous life. But because the scripture, uh, you know, because that scripture that said, you know, because that first scripture that we looked at, said, well, there's a time for everything to die. There's a lot of people that will quit in their fight of faith because Satan will come to them and whisper and say, you know, you only had an appointed time to live. You know, you, God only planned for you to be here for a short while. God, you know, this is the end. This, why don't you go ahead and give up and quit? No, 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 no. We've got to take every scripture in context, and we've got a lot more scriptures. And I've only, I mean, we just... We just barely touched a few of them. There's scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture in the New Testament that says God wants you to have long life. One way that God promised us to have long life is if we'll honor our mother and father. It's the, it's the one commandment that comes with a promise. He said, if you'll honor your mother and father, I'll, I'll lengthen your days. Now, honoring mom and dad doesn't mean that you need to subject yourself to... Um, abusive parents you can honor your or some people will say well man i didn't know i was supposed to honor my parents and they've already moved over into eternity you know i can't stand on that promise no you can honor your parents right now with how you live and when people say man you've got you know your parents must have taught you right 
if you, you probably what you're doing is because God's taught you and trained you if you had that type of parenting situation. But you don't need to say, oh, no, uh, 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 my parents were horrible. They taught me nothing but bad things. Uh, my God, I, I behave this way because of my God. All you need to do is say, yep, thank you. Appreciate it. You don't even have to say, yep, you don't even have to be in agreement. Say, thank you. And that because it doesn't matter if a complete stranger knows you're, that you are walking the way you're walking because your parents taught you right or because God taught you right. It doesn't matter. So you can give them honor. You can give them honor by living pure and living clean. You can give them honor by serving God. And all of that will be accredited to your account as giving your parents honor. And that will give you length of days. So God wants us to live long. In fact, God is not the God of death. He's the God of life. And God, if he had it this way, his way, we would never experience physical death. Never. That's why he took Enoch up with him. That's why he took um, Isaiah up with him. Remember, Isaiah went out in the fiery chariot. Why? Because God said, you're my number one guy, and I don't want you to experience death. Come on, you go with me. Come on, go with me. It was never God's plan for us to experience death. So it is not God's plan or desire for us to have a short life. God did not intend, does not have a set time for you to die. You get to choose that on your own. In fact, the devil cannot kill you unless you let him. The devil cannot take you out prematurely unless you allow him to do it. And how you allow him to do it is you get an agreement with him. Well, glory to God. Is my notebook giving you a hard time? It now? is. It's being quite uncooperative. Okay. Well, why don't you uh, bless the offering and I'll, and I'll fight it. with it. Okay. Well, if uh, Zach, if you'll come, we'll do our tithes and offerings. I'm doing mine online again. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, that you showed us the way to long life, that you, that, that you will help us to, to follow your ways and to do your works and to follow your commandments so that we might live long, long upon the earth and, and, have, and fulfill all of our days. Lord, we just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Lord, Satan, God. we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. We will have health and we will... We do have abundantly. We do have health. Father, we do have health in Jesus' name. Yes, okay, we do have health. (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God. Uh, Lord, we thank you for for giving us the opportunity to give into your kingdom, to see your work done here on earth as as it is in heaven. We give with a generous and a joyful heart in Jesus' mighty name. We ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we can ever ask hope or thank towards the doing of your work in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you. Well, Father, we give you glory and honor. We thank you that your word is true and your word is working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. There win ours. You can serve the rest of the people. I'm going to have to glory get you to a checkbook out of them. Safe, I, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it.